Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito What's shaking, Red Nation? It is Jeremy Brenner here for another episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake. I'm here live on Spotify Green Room with my co-pilot, Michael Brown. Mike, we, you know, tonight's game, you know, it happened. That's kind of how I feel about it. <laughs> Always a pleasure to be on with you, sir. Um, yeah, man, it, it was ugly. There, there was definitely some bright spots, but overall, it was a an ugly performance by the Rockets. It's it's tough to really like analyze this when this isn't really the team that's going to be, you know, there for majority of the season. I mean, this team is just very different than Jalen Green. Maybe this says more. This tonight said more about Jalen Green than than anybody and how good he's going to be at the next level. Yeah, it's it's he's he's a special player, man. Like you look at this roster and you see just how impactful he was the first two games that he played. He raises the level of the guys around him dramatically. Like running the offense through Sangoon, which they should have done more tonight. They did it somewhat, but not enough, in my opinion. I'm not going to get upset about a performance in a summer league game because it's silly. Uh, but it, the offensive philosophy, now that Jalen Green is gone, it's just all over the place. Josh Christopher is not there yet to run an offense. Um, I thought it would be hard to find a guy that I liked less than Marcus Foster, and I found one in, in Waters. Um, so that's kind of special about tonight. Yeah, well, uh, Waters, I think, was I necessary to, stop, yeah. to get him, get someone at least that would run the offense. And, I mean, he ran it, just ran it into the ground. But right. at least right. they had somebody there. You know, the, again, the turnovers were an issue tonight. 23 total, seven from Josh Christopher, five from Tremont Waters. I mean, Josh Christopher, though, shot, you know, okay from the field, seven of 19. It's, you could see better, but a team high 22 for him, a game high 22 from him. Uh, you also had 13 and 10 from Shangun, who, I mean, was he the best player for the Rockets tonight? I, it's. I mean, he kind of wins that by default. Yeah, Josh Christopher was Josh Christopher was good tonight. But this is now the second time that I have noticed this. His jump shot needs a lot of work. It's it's not a pretty jump shot. I like his game overall, but he has got to do some serious work in the gym on Do you notice nearly every single time he shoots a jump shot, it's short. Every single time. Yeah, he's got because, he's got to he's got to utilize his arc a little bit more, I think. Yeah. And though that's exactly you know what summer league's for, though it's it's right. to take these 
take these opportunities and get its stuff, you know, out of your system before the actual season starts and to really be able to sharpen your tools because I think what I guarantee you, Josh Christopher is going to look at these, look at this film. I mean, we'll see because the Rockets could play as early as tomorrow. So there's not a whole lot of turnaround to that, but he can take the film from this past week. And then when he sees the floor again, which probably isn't until maybe, I guess, preseason. So two months from now, I mean, he's going to, we're going to hopefully see a dramatic difference from the, from what we saw this week versus what we'll see in preseason. But at the same time too, preseason is you're upping the level of talent again. So there's, there's that to keep in mind. Christopher at this point, just like all of the draft picks or projects, and you have to be able to fine tune them to get them to exactly what you need within your team. And Jalen Green is the most NBA-ready out of the four, I'd say. And Josh Christopher is the least NBA-ready out of the four. So that, to me, is not totally surprising. Yeah, I think Garuba is number two. I want to talk about him a little bit. Yeah, because we got to see a little bit more of him yeah. tonight. 17 minutes with eight rebounds, four points from him. And he was he got a little bit more rest. So two, two extra days of sleep and practicing and and getting more acclimated with the team, I think definitely helped. He definitely looked a lot better tonight than he did in the previous game. Tonight was the blueprint of what he's going to be at the in the NBA, which I loved. Because I, I don't know what your thoughts are on him long-term. That He's never going to be an offensive powerhouse. Like, people who are going to say, well, I can't wait till he develops a jump shot. Very unlikely at this point that he will do that, which is fine. There's no problem with that. Like, if I were to tell you in the in the regular season, if he gave you 17 minutes of hard-nosed defense, eight rebounds, and a couple buckets, you're going to tell me you wouldn't take that for your power forward off the mm-hmm. bench? Because I take that every single day of the week. Yeah. But- and, and he's only going to get better defensively, I feel like. Offensively, it's extremely limited. He's also mm-hmm. the 23rd overall pick in the draft. This is not a guy that you are going to look at and say, I think he's going to be a superstar. I think his ceiling, I said it on the night of the draft, is his ceiling to me as an NBA player is all-team NBA uh, defense. Like, yeah. He will make, I feel like before his career is over, at least one first-team all-NBA defense. He's Hopefully that he legit. Does. Yeah, he's that legit. Uh, so I actually really liked what I saw from him tonight. He shot, what, two of six from the field? Two of six rebounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two steals, um, or excuse me, he had uh, two assists. He had a block. He only had one turnover, and he only fouled twice. With as hard as he plays defensively to only foul twice, he's solid. He's, I loved what I saw from him tonight. I don't understand Matt Hurt only getting seven minutes tonight. Not sure what that was about, but I digress. Yeah, I mean, if Matt Hurt, you already have him as your two-way guy, it does bring in the question, you know, how much – uh, the team really invests in him if they're playing uh, ju- if they're playing Justin Anderson 19 minutes ahead of him, if they're playing Anthony Lamb 26 minutes ahead of him. That's another person we should probably discuss before the night is done is mm-hmm. Anthony Lamb. Because, look, he had probably the he, – he had the best game that we've seen as a Rocket in Game 2 when they played Detroit on Tuesday. Then he followed that up with possibly the worst showing that we've seen from him on Thursday. And then he comes into tonight and he makes five of his first six threes 
and he ends up with 17 points off the bench. Very inconsistent, but tonight was one of those nights that showed why Anthony Lamb came to Houston in the first place. Yeah, man, I'm I'm on the fence with Anthony Lamb. Like, I like how hard he plays, but he plays, he's the same size as K.J. Martin. And if you ask me, like, it's such a conundrum with me, man. He's I'm not like, the same size as K.J. Martin. He doesn't play like it. And that's what well, no, but, but, but Anthony Lamb is listed at six foot six. And KJ Martin is listed at six. They're six. They're both six. Yeah, they're, six. they're both. They're two very different athletes. I don't disagree with you, but I also it brings into question, and this is the question I had at the end of the the season: is you need to load this roster with as much talent as possible. Period. End of story. Yeah. Go positionless. I don't care. Anthony Lamb. I don't know if he's. NBA talent like I think he can play and if he's going to make a roster and get minutes it's going to be with a team like the Rockets but I feel like if we're giving him minutes over somebody else I almost feel like they're wasted minutes because I feel like by the time the Rockets are good again which is sooner rather than later Anthony Lamb will not be a part of that roster no I I I don't think he will be either so that's why I look at it now and I'm like okay I'm not going to give him minutes over KJ Martin I'm not giving him minutes over Garuba. I'm not going to give him minutes over Josh Christopher is, is, is questionable. Like I would probably want to give Lamb some minutes over Christopher, but that's a temporary thing. Like Josh Christopher is going to get minutes much sooner rather than later. So that's why I look at a guy like Anthony Lamb and I'm like, yeah, he had a good game tonight. I mean, he did it against a, just an awful Orlando team. Marla, Wagner's fine. Cole Anthony's a nice player, but like, eh, on Anthony Lamb, like, he's okay. I think I'm not going to jump up and down about it. I think they're trying to figure out what they want to do with him because he does have the qualifying offer given out to him. So that's a reason to keep him. They have invested more into him than they have with some other guys that are currently on the roster. And I do think that he is kind of auditioning for that final roster spot. And, you know, he's to me, he's too inconsistent to be able to, uh, you know, succeed at the NBA level. I do think he needs another year in the in the G League, possibly maybe a little bit more of a like maybe just more G League seasoning. Because, you know, keep in mind, like the G League that was this past year was such a limited season. They only got like 15 games. You know, this year they're going to play probably twice as that, hopefully, given uh, COVID and all of that. Anthony Lamb is probably someone that needs a little bit more G League. But at the same time, you look at him and he went to college for four years. He's 23 years old. He'll be 24 in about four months' time. And there are a lot of guys that can do what he can do that are a lot younger than him. And mm-hmm. that, un- unfortunately, just are probably a little bit more consistent than him. He's a quad A player. It's like baseball. Like, he's not good enough. He's good enough to ball out in AAA, but he's not good enough to cut it in the majors. And, you know, that's unfortunate because cause you, you he's worked his whole life to get to this point. And just to be like, to sniff it and to get there, he'll always be able to say he played in the NBA. But will he be able to say that he, like, 
fully succeed in the NBA? I don't know. So when you say, you you say that he's fighting for the last roster spot, so who would you say that battle is against? Well, I think the last roster spot, meaning that either that second two way deal, or maybe they someone just totally blows it out of the water and they decide, you know, if they want to move on from Kyrie Thomas or if they want to move on from Daniel House, that they open up a spot for him on the main roster. I think that competition, Kyrie Thomas is in it, but I don't think that he has done enough to lose his job, especially considering he got injured in the middle of summer league. And then Armani Brooks, who played for the first time tonight, and he didn't do enough, in my opinion, to warrant moving Thomas off the roster or to really clinch that second two-way spot. So it's, yeah. it's between those guys, but also it's not just between those guys. It's between all of the other people at Summer League. Yeah, man. The Rockets yeah. don't necessarily have to go in-house with this spot. Chances are they'll probably look elsewhere for that second two-way spot. There's a lot of guys that are here in, G- uh, in the Summer League that are playing really well. They Rockets probably have scouts on all of the at all of these games just to see – all these people, and if they find someone they feel is, you know, worth taking a shot on, they should go for it. And to be honest, I think, I don't think Anthony Lamb nor Armani Brooks will make the team. I do believe that the Rockets will go elsewhere to fill that final uh, roster spot because I think that they've kind of, they know what they have in Brooks and Lamb, and I think that they aren't going to really get much more out of those two guys. Rather take someone who's a little bit younger mm-hmm. and has the opportunity to to really develop even further and to, you know, has a little bit more boom than bust yeah. potential. Because that's I the also... thing is you need a guy that has, like, boom bust potential as your final yeah. guy, as a G League guy. And I think Armani Brooks is a lot more boom bust than Anthony Lamb is. I think Anthony Lamb's appeal is the fact that he is a bit more defensive minded, I think, than most of these people. And that's ultimately the reason why the Rockets, you know, picked up on him in in the G League and then ultimately bringing him up to the main roster. But at this point, I just think that I would go elsewhere. I would see what else is out there. You never know what else is out there unless you go out and seek it yourself. And then, you know, later down the line, if these guys are still available, which I would presume that they are, then you may have a chance to open the door back up again uh, at a later time. Yeah, I'm I'm at a loss for where I would go with that roster spot. Like, not a, not necessarily just the player, but what am I looking for when you say boom or bust? Do you want a a big man project in that in that spot? I don't think so because I think when you're talking about Sengun, I think Sengun is that guy for you. Like, I don't feel like you need another big project, you know, a, a big man project, if you, you will. You know what because... they need, Mike? You know what they need? They need yeah. a more consistent Anthony Lamb. Yeah. And and look, that guy might be Kyrie Thomas. But like, Kyrie Thomas is already on the roster. They have well, to be another. Right. Like, I agree with you. You know, I, I, I agree. I think you go more – I think they need another – yeah, dude, like a guy who's like 6'4 to 6'7, you know, in that range, I would like to see a guy. Look, Anthony Lamb can shoot, you know, like he's he's got streaks, but he's not yeah, consistent like, enough, like you said. Look, he went he went 5 for 6 and then 0 for 5 the rest of the game. Yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, he tries hard defensively, 
Um, but I agree with you. There's a lot of talent in this league, man. Like, there's going to be talent that gets dropped. That's where I would go with the roster spot. I don't have a specific guy in mind, but I would much rather go the latter rather than bring Anthony Lamb back. I think bringing Anthony Lamb back, you're not taking a step forward, and that's a problem. They Every decision they make needs to say we are looking yes at now, but more into the future. And Anthony Lamb will not be a part of the future of this team when they're, they're going to be again. good again. Right, exactly. And Which, I, again, I think is much closer than people think. People will also listen to this, and if you'd like to tweet me at BSWpodcast underscore MB, they'll say, well, you guys are talking about a guy, you know, the 15th guy on the roster. Yes, understandably so. And it's is it important? Not really, to be honest with you, but – you know, you but at still the same need to, time, you, you need to maximize every roster spot. At the same time, I think I, I want to look back and see every team that's that's either been to the finals or won a championship, and see how many of those teams had someone that was a at one point the fifteenth guy that actually contributes to this team. If I look at the Milwaukee Bucks, like Bryn Forbes was a key contributor to that team down the stretch and in the postseason, and he played a big role for them this in the playoffs, and he was, at one point, you know, undrafted, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, That's he was undrafted in 2016. So, like, and look, he eventually moved up the ranks. Now, I mean, not that this person doesn't necessarily have to be a guy that was the 15th guy on the roster at one point, but, like, even Giannis's younger brother, Tenassis, Tenaz has played uh, 57 games for them this season and 13 in the playoffs. They brought him in for some stretches there, like key stretches in some of those games uh, in in the later half in the latter half of that playoff run. So I think that look every t- and you look at like a guy like Campaign who was at one point the last guy on the roster. I know he wasn't you know selected at that point in the draft. I think he was a he was a lottery pick, but. He was out of the league at one point. And so, so like, you can go out and get a guy like that, like uh, a guy that just had a real bad fit in his first NBA stint and then, you know, just needs a change of scenery. And all of a sudden, you know, you have a guy that can really be a contributor for you. It's a great point. It's a great point. And, yeah, I – the more we Alex talk Caruso. about it – I could uh, no no no, no. Dude, no dude. Listen, <laughs> listen. I'm having a really good day. I don't need you to bring up that piece. Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, I, you're making good points here, man. And I just think that they need somebody with a higher ceiling. Is ultimately ultimately what it comes down to. I think Stone knows that. Um, and and we see what happens. But like yeah, what, I mean, what's I like, Quinn Cook up to? Probably not a lot. Probably gravy training somewhere is the end of the bench guy. Probably yeah. in in the Lakers or Brooklyn. I mean, like Quinn Cook. I know he's not like you know God's gift to Earth, but he's got to be better than Anthony Lamb. That's not saying you're not setting the bar extremely high. Yeah, on that but one, the thing but is, the bar isn't saying. that high. The bar isn't. Well, that I get, high. so yeah. But Quinn Cook is old. Like he's too old for what we're looking for. I don't necessarily like, think that. Uh, what is Quinn Cook? Quinn Cook's, I'm going to guess he's the probably 27. Honestly, he's maybe 28. Maybe they could use another veteran. 
but you had that already though like if you're gonna go get Quinn Cook yeah. you already have DJ Augustine you already have Daniel House you already have Eric Gordon although Daniel House is probably not the veteran leadership that we need to look for first uh but you know that's a different story for a different day but you still have, people forget about DJ Augustine like all these people that are talking about the guard play of this team like DJ Augustine I think is going to play legit minutes and is going to be a great leader for this team this year yeah, because they're, they're going to try to flip DJ Augustine at the deadline. Um. Yeah. I. Okay. I. I if he I plays well enough, I do think he right. could be a deadline flip. Well, the, the 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 idea of flipping John Wall took a massive hit today with the yes. trade between the Clippers and the and the the and Grizzlies, Grizzlies. Which, what the heck are the Clippers doing? The Clippers Besides, are saving money. That's well. Look, yeah, they're they saving thirty money. million dollars, and they and they created an uh, what an eight point four. Million dollar trade. Yeah. yeah so let, me, let me just say this. Let me just say this. Steve Ballmer needed that. Like, he, they were over, they saved about $30 million in the luxury tax by doing that. Yeah. I, and they're probably going to end up cutting Bledsoe. Um, I don't think they're going to cut Bledsoe. I think, I think he's there to start because I think they were looking for an upgrade at the guard, at the point guard position. And I think that they probably looked at Houston's they probably they probably looked at Houston's roster at least once or twice I'm I'd be shocked if they didn't even like consider the idea of adding John Wall or consider the idea of adding Eric Gordon because I do think that that trade package uh Beverly Rondo and Aturu is probably what the Rockets would have asked for in in a potential Eric Gordon trade or you know maybe even a John Wall trade and in, in a throw in a Patrick Patterson or something so i think that definitely decreases the chances of Wall and Gordon being moved i didn't think it was that high to begin with but you know another thing too it like that i think a lot of people are going to point the finger at Steve Ballmer and say like you you know cheapskate and no. it's similar to what yeah he's Look, Mike, the team didn't necessarily get that much better, if at all, and he saved $30 million. People are going to point at Steve Ballmer and say, you did this. We did this for you. How dare you not look at the team first? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. If the Rockets would have gotten that trade package, though, that would have been fascinating that we would probably be the first team in NBA history to play five-point guards at once. Because at what, at that point, you'd have on the roster KPJ, Jalen Green, Patrick Beverly, Rajon I mean, Rondo. Rondo would, be... would have been Rondo would have been waved, and he'll, he'll <laughs> right. probably. I doubt he sees the. I doubt he even steps into the building in Memphis. Yeah, I wonder what the Clippers are going to do because the Clippers last year. I think you and I are on the same page. If the Clippers weren't banged up with uh, Leonard, they beat Phoenix, and in my opinion, they probably win the NBA Finals. I think they uh, would have beat. I uh, think they would have beaten Milwaukee. It with healthy Kawhi, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. They had everything. They had everything on their side. They would have been able to play with. But at the same time, Mike, like before Kawhi went down, they were down 0-2 to the Jazz. Yeah. No. Look, I get it, man. I to- I totally get it. But the way they played against Phoenix, like they would have actually played. They would have matched up really well with Milwaukee. I feel like. Yeah. Like you, you would have been able to put George and Kawhi on Giannis. I don't feel like uh, Drew Holiday would have been as effective as he was. You know. But at the same time, like you, they weren't they weren't healthy, and now they go back to the drawing board. I'm not in love with what the Clippers have done this offseason, but they still retain Kawhi, and that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. That was I, number number one, and they can do whatever after that. 
But yeah. at the same time, I mean, I still think they're better than the Lakers, flat out. Yeah, they're yeah. Better than the Lakers. Well, mm, mm, I'm not, I'm not there yet. But, uh, but no, the the point I was going to make here is you look at Balmer and, and all of that. But Dylan Fertitta did something today, and is going to be do, doing something over the next four years that should si- should at least quiet his critics a little bit more. And he agreed to pay the buyout for Usman Garuba. He is con- like the Rockets are contributing to that on top of the salary that they're paying him. Yeah, I so, saw that. So the fact that they're doing that is is another thing. But like the thing is, I I'm sure that that was a like that was going to be a thing before the draft. You're like, hey, if we take this guy, we have to sign his buyout. Are you comfortable, Tillman, for doing that? And uh, he wouldn't, you know, the Rockets, I don't think, would have drafted Garuba if that wouldn't have happened. And, but also at the same time, it's not like a whole lot of money, but, I mean, it's money that you don't necessarily have to spend if you go out and you get, you know, like a, a Miles McBride or, or someone that is stateside. But, like, they got Garuba because Garuba was the fifth of the team, and even though he cost a little bit extra, the Rockets still went out and got him. So I think, to me... It was important, like like that, that. I just wanted to let that be known, and and to give Tillman a little bit of credit. Not not. I'm not saying go and you know be Team Tillman again, or you know go be Til- Team Tillman for the first time. Sure. But it's it's just something I wanted to point out. But uh, I think I think we're about done here. There's not much else left to say. I don't think uh, we don't have any speaker quests. So I, I don't feel like we need to really beat anything. Um, the one thing anything else. Yeah. I want to, I want to respond to that real quick though, because I, you, you and I had heated conversations about the way I felt about Silver. The one thing we like, you know, right. the one thing the two of us can't agree on. I do. I, I give him credit though. I give him credit because this off season, he has shown whether it's him or whether it's him, giving the power over to Raphael Stone, whoever's managing this roster right now is doing it very well. And they spent money this offseason, which A, I wanted them to do, and B, you know, they spent it wisely. You know, like re-signing David Nawaba to the contract that they did. Do mm-hmm. I think Garou- do I think Nawaba's here for the full three years? No. I think at that number if he shows that he's any type of the same player that he was last year, I've, you can flip him to a playoff team in five seconds. Like a $5 million contract is nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. And you could potentially turn that into, do I think it's a first-round pick? No. But I think you could get a young player, you know, in return that fits more of your win-in-a-couple-years-now mode. Great signing. You needed a big man. You went out and got Daniel Tice. I like Daniel Tice. I'm excited for Daniel Tice. Um, Me too. Again, nine million dollars a year for a guy that does what he does. He does the dirty work. Um, in a in a league that you now need a big man to compete at a at a high level, could very easily flip into a playoff team that loses their big man for the year, as an example. Like very tradable contract, but both guys also are good for the locker room. You know, so I give credit to Tillman Fertitta. And do I forgive him for the Harden deal? No, I don't. But I'm a lot more accepting of it now than I was. You, you've come a long way. I appreciate that. I'm tr- I, hey, man, I'm trying. I'm, I'm proud trying of my very hardest. <laughs> you know what, man? I, look, I'm excited. 
You know, like I'm excited for training camp. I'm 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 stoked. You know, I, I'm ready for games to start. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so am I, which is why, you know, training camp is just the absolute worst. <laughs> I hate training camp. Like I no. like you know what the worst okay. month of the year is, Mike? Uh oh man, it's I'll give be you August. one I'll give you one guess. August is August. the worst. August is the worst month. Yeah, of it's the not year. even close. Preseason football is the like worst tease ever. It's like that commercial with the uh, with Dollar Bill, the State Farm commercial, where it's like, "Hey, uh, I know you want it. Oh, you gotta try a little harder." You know, it's like I know it's there. I know it's coming, but it's still like, like, like everyone's like, "Oh, it's football season." Like, yeah, but no, we still have four weeks until like actual game starts. So like, don't don't tease me with that. And the same thing with basketball. Like, we're gonna have. Everyone's going to be like, oh, training camp's in a month from now. And, you know, but the games really don't start until like mid-October. And we still really don't know when the schedule is going to come out 100%. So, I mean, we could still be waiting another two months for the season. I do think that the season will start like on time. But the the players and the union are going to have to decide. The owners, or excuse me, the governors are going to have to decide which, you know, which route to go. So, It'll be interesting, but as we uh, pull into the station here, it's time for everybody's favorite segment here on the Dream Take. And Michael Brown, it is time to close out the show with your mic drop. One minute of absolutely unfiltered, un, uh, you know, your thoughts, not mine, and no, no pushback from me. So your minute starts now. Watching the, the Rockets game tonight and having to listen to Isaiah Thomas do color commentating for even a summer league game nearly made my ears bleed. Um, and I want to take this minute to express just how infuriating it is that these media companies hire these individuals to talk about basketball when they very clearly know absolutely nothing about any of the players on the court. It's extremely lazy. They hire them just because they have a name. I thought the most compelling thing that I listened to tonight was Kenyon Martin talk. If I was the Houston Rockets, the summary of what I would like to talk about tonight during the mic drop is hire Kenyon Martin. I don't care that he has a kid on the team. Listening to that man talk basketball, I would listen to that every single minute of the day because he actually is passionate about what he's talking about. And he's not some senseless drone like Isaiah Thomas or Reggie Miller. And it's, a shame on NBA TV that they put that type of dreck out there for diehard basketball fans like nearly every person that listens to this show listen to. It's an abomination. It's ridiculous, and I'm tired of it. So um, I end this mic drop with saying it's still disgusting if you put mayonnaise on your sandwich and hashtag hire Kenyon Martin ASAP. You heard the man, and I think that's a good place to park the rocket ship for now. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Shake, presented by The Dream Shake. Go ahead, throw us a follow if you're over at Twitter.com. You can uh, research or search, put that in the search bar, uh, at The Dream Take and at DreamShakeSBN. Or you can head to our website, www.thedreamshake.com. We'll have all things Houston Rockets on SB Nation dot com and we'll be back sometime this week for another episode we might do some town hall stuff we might you know come out of left field and do some other stuff as well uh but we are still kicking it in this off season like we have been for the first half and during the second half of the off season we're going to give you nothing 
different. So be sure to always tune in to us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast. And you can also go ahead and follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown at BSW Podcast underscore MB. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Dream Take. And until next time, go Rockets! Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.